is up everybody it is your girl star for episode 10 of my stargazer sports podcast uh here on the blast music 247 youtube platform what's up nisi yes victory monday guys victory monday um it's always great to wake up and smell just a fresh fresh cowboys win and cowboys beat down um because it's good to win but it's even better to blow your opponent out um and that's exactly what we did against bill belichick's patriots um but before we get um into the content i just want to give a special thanks to the Blast Music 247 a YouTube uh, platform who has given me this platform to do this Stargazer Sports podcast every single Monday. Um, it has been a real uh, journey and blessing um, to be able to collab with these guys and to be able to put out uh, content um, for Cowboys Nation every Monday. Um, Hope you guys like my new little setup that I got going on. Um, y'all know that I had to rock with y'all without a computer or a laptop for almost a month and a half. But finally, I'm back rolling. If y'all tuned into the show with Mickey and I on Friday of last week, um, y'all already have seen this platform, but I did change a little bit of the stuff. But other than that, guys, y'all have all my social medias there to the right. Please follow me on all of my uh, social medias. Please uh, also, also you will see down below my banner um, saying donate to my channel, please through Cash App, which is dollar sign Stargazer Sports. It would be greatly appreciated if you guys did that and uh, help me out. Help me out, and I always try to give a special shout out to those who donate to me during the show, um, just to let you know that I really appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. But I'm so glad to be here with you guys tonight um, to talk about our beatdown of Bill Belichick, Coach Hood uh, <laughs> of Patriots, guys. Um, what a phenomenal win it was. Uh, but uh, please, before uh, we get into it, let's please share this video, guys. Please like the video. If you're tuning in, please like, and I'm going to try to keep saying that throughout the uh, podcast because the likes just help more people be able to see and view my content, guys. Um, I'm really working hard to put out content for you guys on Monday. What's up, Silver? I'm glad to see you in the chat. I put putting out content Monday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, guys, and it will really help me. I'm right on the cusp of reaching 100 subscribers. I think I'm at 93. So if you guys, whatever y'all can do to help Star reach 100 subscribers by the end of the week, that would be great. I only need seven more to finally reach that uh, 100 subscriber mark. What's up, Brian? Glad to see you in the chat tonight. Really appreciate you being in the chat tonight. So you guys, please help the Stargazer Sports uh, YouTube channel grow, guys. I worked so hard uh, putting out content, like I said, um, not only on YouTube, but on all my social media platforms. Um, and it's for you guys. It's for Cowboys Nation. So please help, my, help me grow. Um, please like this video. Please share it. And please subscribe to my YouTube channel. That would be um, so greatly appreciated. But without further ado, we can go ahead um, and get into this content today, which is Dallas Cowboys versus the New England Patriots Victory Monday. Um, and if you see here to the right, we have Coach Hood just looking <laughs> in, so in dismay um, because this was a 35-point loss for uh, Bill Belichick, and this was the largest. This was the largest margin he has lost by uh, in his 29-year career as a head coach. Yes, y'all, y'all heard that right. This was the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys, who just last week everybody was saying that we sucked and we we're frauds and. Um, same old Cowboys, yada, yada, yada. But Dallas Cowboys make history. Once again, uh, we make history by giving Bill Belichick 
the biggest loss um, of his head coaching career. Um, we had some 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 Eagles content creators just saying last week, you know, they struggled against the Patriots because Bill Belichick is just this great, great defensive mind, which he is. But, you know, they struggled. We blew them out. That's all I'm saying. So, um, and not only did the Eagles struggle, but so did the Dolphins and the Jets lost to them. So, uh, don't let anybody steal y'all's victory Monday today because, as y'all know, every single time we win a game, it doesn't matter. And every single time we lose a game, um, it's the end of the world that we suck. So, (laughs) you know that's how they're always painted, guys. But that's okay because... We Cowboys Nation, we always going to rock for our team no matter what, right? And y'all know that Stargazer Sports is created to bring confidence and encouragement to the Cowboys Nation um, so that we always are getting the real about our team and not the narratives that they like to say about our team that are often false, okay? So let's get into it. So I'm calling this a, we had a complimentary beatdown. That's what I'm calling it, a complimentary beatdown. Dallas Cowboys, we bounced back. As I already said, we gave Bill Belichick the largest beatdown of his career. Um, And also over the last three years, the Cowboys are now nine and one after a loss. I'm gonna say it again, over the last three years, the Cowboys are now nine and one after a loss. And so I say, what does this mean? This means that we have one of the most, if not the most resilient team in the NFL. We take our losses personal and we respond often in complete dominance. And shout out to my guy, uh, underscore STX Mario on Twitter. Um, anytime I, I use or refer to someone else's content, I'm always put, you know, their information so that you guys can go follow them on Twitter. If you guys aren't following Mario, please go do so. Um, and if y'all follow him, shout him out, let him know, start use his content today. So hopefully he gets some, some followers. But, uh, anyway, um, this is Mike McCarthy's Cowboys after each of their last five losses. 24 to 6 win versus Detroit. 40 to 3 win versus Minnesota. These are the wins from last year. 40 to 34 win versus Philly, right? That was after we lost to the Jags. Then we have 31 to 14 win after we lost to the Washington Commanders for the last game of the year. And then now a 38 to 3 win versus New England. Um, just about actually all of those I would consider a blowout. That's a blowout and complete dominance. So it just shows you that anytime that we face a loss, guys, this is why I had, I was not uh, concerned that we would lose the game at all uh, versus the Patriots. Now, uh, history would tell us that it was going to be a blowout, but I'm not going to ever just say we're going to just blow out Bill Belichick's defense, okay? Because he is Coach Bill Belichick, right? So, uh, this is a man that has how many Super Bowls? Seven, eight Super Bowls, right? So, we're not ever going to disrespect him. Um, And, yes, he has struggled since Tom Brady left. But the year that Tom Brady left, he still made – his team still went 10-6, and and he went to the playoffs with Matt Jones. You know, the quarterback that now everybody is saying he's not a real NFL quarterback, he sucks. When Matt Jones has been doing pretty good – He just didn't do pretty good against the Cowboys. Um, And that shows you who we are. Our win, see, they try to make our win yesterday more about how bad the Patriots are, how much they suck, and Bill Belichick now needs to get fired. So they're making it all about how the Patriots suck instead of recognizing that the Dallas Cowboys are just a damn good team. That's it. (laughs) Um, We're a very good team, but it's – See, that doesn't fit the media's narrative, right? They can't ever acknowledge and say that we're a good team. So instead of acknowledging what we do, they always just put it back on our opponents and say, well, our opponents suck. That's the only reason. That's the only way that we beat beat them because our opponents are terrible. So, but don't believe the hype, guys, please. 
Y'all got some water. Y'all drinking tonight. It's Monday night. <laughs> but if you're drinking, take a sip. No judgment here for sure. All right. So let's go ahead and get into the next slide. Uh, so defense returns back to doomsday defense. Uh, thank the Lord, because I don't know what happened last week. I'm attributing last week's defensive performance to just uh, really um, taking it hard that we lost Trey. Um, I did not get to see until after Monday night's show uh, what Micah had said about the loss of Trey, also Dan Quinn. Um, and so I realized that, you know, these are professional, these are professionals right guys you know they get paid millions of dollars to do their jobs but also we do have to recognize that these players are human beings and i think you know the loss of trade just affected them mentally uh morale wise um and they really wanted to win but when you try too hard especially in a team sport you end up trying to do someone else's job and then you just look terrible um so and i think that's just what happened last week i think we just kept trying like way too hard and people were playing hero ball people were just undisciplined trying to uh trying to chase sacks and stuff like that so i think that's what happened but anyway uh let's let's here are some key notes that i have from uh this week so a lot the linebackers improve improve significantly right so I said both LBE, sorry, that's a misspelling, guys, but it's supposed to be both LBE and Clark played with great gap integrity, no hero ball, no hesitation. That was the issue last week when, we, when you revealed the All-22 film. Uh, Clark, he was playing hero ball where he was just going all out of his gaps, uh, going to where, he to where he thought the play was going to go instead of staying in his gap, which was allowing cutback lanes and then uh, LBE, he was seeing the plays, but he was just hesitating. I mean, multiple times LBE's right there, and he's just hesitating. He's not making the play quick enough, which was allowing those guards to get their hands on him, okay? But both of them played a lot better this week, and we're going to show some clips of those guys. Uh, v, you can uh, show those clips for us Um uh, that I had with uh, LBE and Clark. Uh, I think I both both of these clips uh, were put on um, X or Twitter by Patrick Nosey Walker, um, who obviously works uh, for Dallas Cowboys, I believe, .com, um, and puts out a lot of great content. Um, Y'all follow him because he always has great content, observations of the games, um, and so on. Um, and according to Pro, Pro Football Focus, Clark had the highest grade against the run for our entire defense. So, uh, and LBE led the team in tackles, and the second was Clark. Um, I think Clark and uh, Donovan Wilson were tied for tackles. So they both just did a, a, a way better job. And it just came, it just showed us that when these guys do their it's not their capabilities they are capable they're highly capable of being very good dominant starting nfl linebackers but they have to a part of that is not just physical capability but mental capability right if they stay to their assignments play discipline right they can do <laughs> they can do what they need to do so that we can dominate so that and so that we can win. But when they're trying to do, when they're hesitating, second guessing, playing hero ball, that's when they get in trouble. Okay. Uh, v, do you have those clips of the linebackers? Let me see. Here we go. Okay. So we'll see here. Y'all saw, saw there? Clark just nice right on through. And we're, we're playing that. Luckily, the clip is showing you Clark knifing right on through and making that tackle for loss. And that's what you need from your linebackers. You need 
them to read and react and fill those gaps and make the plays. Shout out to our defensive tackles as well, because if it, was, if it wasn't for them attacking their keys, right, and keeping those guys clean, then Clark may have, you know, been then one of those guards may have been able to get their hands on Clark. But because Clark played fast, he saw the play, he went through his gap that was open, he made the play, thus it was a tackle for loss. And then you could show us that other clip of uh, LVE. Here's a good clip of LVE making the play. So you see there, Jonathan Hankins keeping LVE clean. Rewind. This is great film. Shout out to Patrick Nosey Walker on Twitter. You guys, please go follow him. But you see that LBE, and you see that guard trying to. You see what I'm saying? See that guard? He was there. He tried to get his hands on LBE. But LBE was too quick because he saw the play. That's what we need, and that's what we're really going to need next week to completely dominate San Fran uh, defensively like we did in the playoffs, right? Uh, also, we forced three turnovers, right? Dante Fowler showed up with a big forced fumble on Mac Jones, which led to a fumble recovery by LVE and a touchdown, right? And so <laughs> I was joking, talking to my girl Mickey uh, about uh, how she was so nervous. She thought LVE was going to get caught and he was going to even drop the ball. But clearly LVE was locked in yesterday. Um, and it's no, it's nothing that sneezes at, at all. Um, that's my guy, uh, Law says. <laughs> Shout out to Law Nation. But there, it's nothing, it's nothing that sneezes at when someone recovers uh, a, a ball for a touchdown. That's high IQ. That means that you're aware, right? You're staying around the ball, and then you're picking the ball in a split second and you're heading straight toward the end zone, right? So anything could have happened. LBE could have got pushed. You know, and then get the, get the ball. He could have accidentally dropped it or tried to grab it. You know, anything could have happened. But because he was so locked in, uh, he was able to return that for, uh, fumble for a touchdown. So, so shout out to the Wolf Hunter, right? Shout out to my young guy, Damone Clark, who really showed up and showed out uh, yesterday. But talking about Dante, right? And Dante, when he made that forced fumble, Right. Mac Jones had escaped the pocket and was coming outside the pocket. He didn't even see Dante Fowler. That was a pure effort play in force fumble that he got on Mac Jones. I wish I had a clip of it, but I don't. You guys have to go go back and rewatch the game. But that was an effort play, right? He literally chased Mac Jones from behind and got that ball out. So shout out to Dante Fowler. What a phenomenal play uh, for our second string defensive edge. And then we have Deron Bland, who didn't get one, but two freaking interceptions. <laughs> Deron Bland looked like Deron Diggs out there. Actually, no, he looked like Deron Bland because Deron Bland now leads the NFL since 2022 in interceptions. That's right. Deron Bland, not Patrick Sertan, not uh, who else, y'all? Uh, who y'all say? Sauce Gardner. Um, not who's else is good, you know, Tredavious White, Asante Samuel Jr., Dan Darius Slate. Not any of those guys, not any of those big names, Jair Alexander, not any of those big names. But Deron freaking Bland, our fifth round pick from last year, now leads the NFL since 2022 in interceptions. So he is just exceptional and phenomenal. Um, and I think this is why we you didn't see you saw a lot of broken hearts for Trayvon Diggs for the fact that we knew. He was going to have – he was playing like he was going to have the best year of his career, uh, which is hard to top because, <laughs> I mean, the man has just been playing phenomenal for the past two years, right? Uh, but we thought he was going to even play better than what we've seen him in the past, and then he ended up getting a season-ending season injury. Uh, but reason why people were not in full panic mode is because we knew what Deron Bland was able to display as a rookie – and only playing half of the season last year. Um, you know, after J. Lou went down is when Deron Bland got his chance to be in the, lot, the starting lineup. So shout out to Deron Bland for just really being locked in yesterday and really making plays, making plays for this team. 
and that's what we need guys we really need this team if we can play complimentary football game in and game out if everybody can play to their true selves and their true identity our defense playing fast getting turnovers right being physical uh if you watch dan quinn's press conference today that he said yesterday is who we are what we displayed yesterday is who we are if our defense can show up like that every week right there's no reason that we won't win games and there's no reason why we won't blow people out but we have to have the defense show up like we know they can show up um also another important thing they forced mac jones to have a passer rating of 20 <laughs> when under pressure i believe this is according to pro football focus all right and i put here micah and d-law are the best edge tandem in the league sacks don't tell the whole story and here i have to the right from my guy john john owing john owning uh owning is a pff uh writer expert uh guy um so he i think i've put out his content before but i follow him he always has great content great stats and stuff like that so i definitely pull from his twitter or his x page a lot but uh the marcus lawrence is currently he currently possesses the second highest season long grade among edges only behind nick most and I believe, I don't have it here, but D-Law is also top five in pressure rate as well as a defensive edge. Whoever told y'all that, the, that because DeMarcus Lawrence don't get sacks, that he's not one of the best top NFL edges, it, I don't know. They smoking crack. I don't know if they can't see or they blind. DeMarcus Lawrence is a... First of all, he's the best edge period against the run. But I'm putting this to show that, like, it's not just him against the run. Like, his pressure rate, his uh, pass deflections, turnover, all those things, right? Demarcus Lawrence is at top of the league. Top of the league. And don't let anybody tell you differently just because he might – oh, well, this guy has more sacks. It's so much more to a defensive edge than sacks, guys. And then let's go over here and look at here, uh, Michael Parsons. This is per next-gen stats. So Michael generated nine pressures in our victory over the Patriots yesterday, right? This is his eighth consecutive game with five-plus pressures. This is the second-longest streak in next-gen stats era right Carson leads the NFL in nearly every pass rushing metric this season right so even though Michael Parsons didn't get a sack last week I mean he didn't get a sack yesterday his presence was felt it was because of the pressure that Mac Jones was getting right that knocked him off his key that forced him to make those two <laughs> across the field throws that one of them ended up being returned for a pick six. It was because of the pressure. It was because of the pressure that he had to escape the pocket and then Dante Fowler was able to get that forced fumble on him. So Micah Parsons is definitely, definitely, and I, I, I will I will even uh, put myself, I don't know, I don't know if the right word is backtrack, but uh I'll excuse myself because I was a little bit hard on Micah, but Micah did not have a great game last week. But I still want to uh, just acknowledge who Micah Parsons is. Micah Parsons is a top, top player in this league. Not defensive player, but player, period. Um, and if he keeps up, keeps this up, I think he'll definitely be in the MVP conversation. Now, will he win it? We don't know because most likely they only give that award to quarterbacks now. But if we look at Michael Parsons has 29 pressures already for the 2023 season, that's number one. 27.4% pressure rate, that's number one in the league. Positive rush rate, that's number one, in the, uh, which is 75.2%. That's number one in the league. 
Average pressure uh, probability, 24.8. That's number one in the league. And average peak pressure probability, that is 48.1, number one in the league. And a lot of the reasons why these other guys, y'all see them getting more sacks is because they don't get double teamed like Micah. Micah is constantly getting double and triple teamed. Micah is getting... Uh, T.J. Watt has more sacks, but Micah gets double teamed and triple teamed more than T.J. Watt. It just shows how much this kid really impacts games. And it's because of how much he's triple and double teamed that you you allow guys like Dante Fowler, Dorrance Armstrong, our defensive tackle, Oso Digizua, uh, um, who else? Uh, you know, Chauncey Goldston. You allow those guys to go there and get those sacks because so much focus of an offensive coordinator is where is Micah? We need to protect. <laughs> we need to protect our quarterback from Micah. And even with that, it doesn't really work out. You know, it it, it never really works out. Micah was triple team yesterday and still had nine pressures. I mean, the man is just—he's virtually unblocked. You know what I'm saying? Like. He, <laughs> He's just an animal, and uh, we saw that he put in the work for that uh, this uh, offseason with all his training as well as his boxing. Uh, then we'll go ahead and move into um, the offense continues to move at will continuously. Um, and I wanted to really, I put that, guys, because I think some people have gotten confused because of um, our lack of red zone efficiency that we have some people saying, oh, uh, Kellen Moore's offense was better. And I'm here to tell y'all that that's a lot. <laughs> That's 100% a lot. Now, Kellen's offense might have scored more, but Kellen's offense was not better. Want to know why Kellen's offense was not better? Because Kellen's offense was his high-scoring, high-flying offense, right, that constantly put our defense back on the field. The way Mike McCarthy plays, we are number one in plays ran. We're number one in moving the ball up and down the field in the league, just so y'all know, number one. And because and we're number one on first down as well, if y'all don't know that. How many times do we see Kellen Moore get three and outs? How many times? Especially against harder opponents, especially when the game is on the line and we need to move the ball. How many times do we see Kellen Moore not be able to move the ball at all? <laughs> Plenty of times. Two games that come to mind, the Raiders game on Thanksgiving in 2021. When we went into overtime, couldn't move the ball. Uh, playing against San Fran last year in the playoffs. We had the chance to score, go down and score and win the game in the last couple of minutes, and Kellen Moore could not move the ball. So just think about that. For all y'all who say, oh, you know, the offense has regressed uh, because we're not scoring as much in the red zone. Guys, we wasn't even able to get to the red zone with Kellen Moore. <laughs> and on top of that, as I said, um, on top of that, the high-flying scoring offense constantly kept our defense on the field. His inability to move the ball kept our defense on the field. The way Mike McCarthy plays, we are playing to protect our defense. And he said that at the beginning of before the in the offseason, he said that. I want to protect my defense. I want to rest my defense. And that's exactly what Mike McCarthy is doing. Um, so let's go ahead and move on to uh, move on to this, my specific notes. Dak has a phenomenal day at the offense. I mean, at the office, at the office, right? He was the second highest graded quarterback in week four per uh, pro football focus, right? And then I have here surgical Dak. Dak is one of the most... When the man is locked in, and he's actually been locked in all, you know, this entire 2023 season, he's been locked in. Um, his some of the sometimes his stats not reflect that because of drop balls, efficiency issues, and stuff like that. Penalties last week, obviously, but Dak went 28 of 34 yesterday. That only missing six passes. 
I have right here to the left, shout out to Law Nation with his next gen chart. You can see the green is all the completions showing your quarterback can sling it all around the field any way he wants, right? There's no throws that Dak Prescott cannot make. Okay, then we're moving on to, so he went 28 to 34, 264 yards, a touchdown. Should have been two touchdowns because in the red zone, he threw that perfect pass to Shoemaker who could not come up with it. So he should have had two touchdowns, but that's okay with 108.5 passer rating. Your quarterback cannot play any better than that. Then we look at this chart. Let's go ahead and read this. What is next gen saying? Dak Prescott completed plus 10.7% of his passes over expected in week four. His seventh game with a CPOE over 10% in a game over the last two seasons. No other quarterback has more than five games with a CPOE over 10% since 2022. Only two have more than three. And I'm pretty sure the other two would be Patrick Mahomes and I think Joe Burrow. This is why I say Dak Prescott is not, it's insulting to me to say Dak Prescott is a top 10 quarterback. That's insulting to me. (laughs) I will give you, at this point, I'm not even giving you top seven. I will give you top five. You know, there's some guys you want to put ahead of him. I don't agree with you, but I I think top five is respectable. I think Dak Prescott is top three quarterback. Period. All the stats prove it. (laughs) All the advanced metrics prove it. It's proven. We're talking about the individual player. We're not talking about playoff wins because playoff wins are team wins. We are talking about the individual player. Dak Prescott is a top three, two, five quarterback in this league. You really just can't spin it any other way, guys. And I've go back and watch my shows. I've done so many breakdowns. I've done the Dak versus Burrow debate. Dak, look at my Twitter, Dak versus Josh Allen debate, Dak versus Lamar Jackson. I've done all the debates. (laughs) Go back and look at my content. I've done all the debates. Dak Prescott is top of the line in this league. He is not just a quarterback. You can that's insulting. I hate when when coaches, a prior coach, prior player, whatever, say that. Oh, he's a quarterback you can win with. Nah, he's not a quarterback. A quarterback you can win with is Jimmy Garoppolo, right? That's a quarterback you can win with. Matthew Stafford, that's a quarterback you can win with. Dak Prescott is not just a quarterback you can win with. Dak Prescott is premium elite top of the line quarterback in this league. Period. Um, then we will move on to Tyler Smith, right? Tyler Smith is having himself <laughs> a Pro Bowl season. I mean, the, the kid might be all honestly, he might be on his way to an all pro season. All pro, he's number one rated guard through the first month of the season, according to Pro Football Focus. Um, he has just been playing lights out for a second time. I'm not gonna show y'all. Uh, there are some clips you guys can see. I think if you look at um, either go to Patrick Nosey Walker or John Owning's Twitter, and I think they have some great clips of uh, Tyler Smith and how he was able to dominate uh, versus the Patriots. But, I mean, he played lights out versus the Patriots. And, you know, this kid missed the first two games of the season. This was only his second game of the season uh, versus the Patriots, and he did phenomenal. Uh, C.D. Lamb gets his first touchdown of the season. Y'all know that the talking heads were saying, oh, Dak has touchdowns, but he doesn't have any touchdowns to wide receivers. Or there y'all go. Woo! Dak finally got his touchdown against him. I, I don't know when that started mattering, but now it matters. But congratulations, C.D. gets his first touchdown of the season. I think it's going to be way more to come. He went for 434 of six, got four uh Catches yesterday of six targets, 36 yards. He also had a rush for 12 yards um, yesterday. So uh, CD had a pretty good locked-in game. I think that's a pretty solid game. Uh, obviously, there will be games where CD turns up more. He he turned up against the Jets. He had over 100 yards. You know what I'm saying? So there will be games where it will be CD's game. But this was a game more where Dak, and you can see all the different types of green. This is a game where Dak literally took what the defense gives him. No need to force balls, right? No need to force balls to to anybody when you can just hit the open guy. And I think that's what Dak did. 
Michael Gallup continues to build on his great game last week, right? He had a phenomenal – he was my player of the week last week um, on offense, and he comes in again with another locked-in game, five catches on six targets, 60 yards, right, 12 yards average. And then he was uh, recorded the second-best rate of separation for all wide receivers um, versus New England, only behind Turpin. So Michael Gallup has been fully locked in and becoming that reliable target that we once knew he was. I think it's just coming more to show us that it was an injury last year. It was not that Gallup had lost the capability. He just needed more time to rehab from that injury. And I think, you know, from these two games that he's put together, you know, he's showing that he is back. Uh, he is back uh, to uh, what he once was and the guy that we you know, once loved for his reliability. And then also I want to highlight the second year players who have been putting it all together. Ferguson. Now y'all know I was on the tight end's head that game one <laughs> because it was not a good game. Granted, it was raining. I know it was raining, but it still was not a good game for my tight end. Ferguson went seven for seven. He was targeted seven times. He caught out seven balls, 77 yards, 11 yards average. That, I don't know you could have any better of a game from a tight end. That is phenomenal play from your tight end. He was also the most targeted and came up with every single, every single target. So, shout out to Ferguson, who's putting it together. Jalen Tober went four for four yesterday, 53 yards, 13.3 yards average. Those two players have really, are really putting it together. Now, Ferguson, he had that down game in the first game. But Tober, Tober has been putting it together since preseason. Um, and I really hope Mike, you know, hope we can see a little bit more four wide receiver sets. He did get a few reps yesterday uh, with the ones, and I was really grateful for that. I think Mike is going to really start getting him integrated in this offense because, I mean, let's just – why why do we keep him weapons on the bench that we got? Like, let's use them. Now, he's not going to get as many snaps as CD or, or uh, you know, Brandon Cooks. But let's 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 get him involved. I want all of our weapons to get involved and get their shine and get their burn, right? The more weapons for Dak, the merrier. So just a great phenomenal game for the offense. We'll talk uh, some more about the red zone uh, offense uh, in the next slides. But I'd like to take a break here, Beat, uh, and you can go ahead and do the the uh, last artist of the week. Uh, Veep, we can't hear you. I don't know if. Oh, Mike was muted. <laughs> Sorry about that, y'all. Good evening, everyone. Um, tonight's last artist is sponsored by the Laylaw Firm. If you are in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and you need some legal assistance, you can contact the Laylaw Firm. You can find them on Facebook as well as there'll be a video after video we're playing. This artist is Yamasani and this is called Gratitude. Never lie, no allow for safety. Spit aquatic and my logic is a problem for them demons following when you can't see. Gentlemen, a product of a great G. Cause I did my goddess like I'm Shang Chi. Put a ring, she ain't gotta thank me. Skin brown, so they try to hate me. Minister to society, sire. wait T. Cause I got a higher vibe and rate key. In the desert with my lions, all you do is lock us up. I provide the gate key. Strong mind, calm in a long line. Willpower at the height of 8-3. Down two, when it come down to a clutch verse. I provide a late three. Hammer MCs, you can't touch this. Like a far out away tree. Real ones I wanna link up and build with you. More than Kyrie calling KD. Learn from Elijah, Malcolm X, Louis Farrakhan, and Muhammad Ali. I remember growing up watching Mammy clean kitchen in a Tom and Jerry scene. Move on the low, make you marvel at my shape shifting like an honorary tree. Three kings that are raised inside the kingdom. Guess it kinda made me. Praise to the most high, God is great. My response when you compliment me. 
She the one that gave it to you, better give it up. He the one that gave it to you, better give it up. Show appreciation for you, better live it up. Better give it up. Gotta live it up. She the one that gave it to you, better give it up. He the one that gave it to you, better give it up. Show appreciation for you, better live it up. Better give it up. Gotta live it up. You know who you are, do you know where you're from? You are a superstar. Don't let them fool you not. Do you know who you are, do you know where you're from? You are a superstar. Don't let them fool you not. Just trying to spread the good word, cause I heard it through the grapevine. Did you know you come from great minds? Did you know your DNA's nine? Did you know that there's a plan to keep your race locked up like Akon? Did you know your people battled on the stage different than the one from Kayshawn? We was in the field, weapons in the shield, never hesitant or reffing, it was real. Gave to each other, never had to put it in a fine print section of a wheel. Bathed with each other, close up, soap suds up to the chest, it was a thrill. Stayed with each other, kept you stepping in protection, dumped with aggression and we peeled. Do you know who you are? Do you know where you're from? You are a superstar, don't let them fool you now. Do you know who you are? Do you know where you're from? You are a superstar. She the one that gave it to you, better give it up. He the one that gave it to you, better give it up. Show appreciation for you, better live it up. Better give it up. Gotta live it up. She the one that gave it to you, better give it up. He the one that gave it to you, better give it up. Show appreciation for you, better live it up. Better give it up. Gotta live it up. She the one that gave it to you, better give it up. Better give it up. Show appreciation for you. Better live it up. The Lee Law Firm. The Lee Law Firm. It is a law firm for those in the Dallas Fort Worth area seeking a holistic approach to solving their legal matters. Just some of the legal services the firm provides is divorces, custody suits, child support and adoptive child services, criminal defense, DUI defense, wills, trust, power of attorneys, and many, many more. You can contact the Lee Law Firm. The Lee Law Firm. And make sure that you say the word blast when you speak to the Lee Law Firm representatives and receive 10% discount on your initial retainer to hire the firm. Yes, and that artist once again with Yamastani with gratitude. And if you are an independent artist or a spoken word poet or even an up-and-coming comedian looking for some exposure, you can go to BlastMusic247.com and register for free. But Blast is also looking for the fans that love music. So go ahead and go to BlastMusic247.com, register as a fan for free, and have access to hundreds of music. Blast, changing the industry one artist at a time. Back to you, Star. Thank you, Vic. Okay, guys. Uh, so we will go ahead. Um, let's get into the last part here of the show. Okay, so um, y'all know I will do my offensive player, offensive player of the game or offensive unit of the game. I don't know. Uh, that's another typo. It's supposed to be OG, but whatever. Okay, so my offensive player of the game is Jack Prescott. Y'all see him there doing his <laughs> let's go that he does, uh, you know, when he scores and then kisses up to his mom. Um, so Dak Prescott, I just went on a rant about how he was surgical Dak yesterday. Just played phenomenal. Uh, played out of his mind. Um, really proud of what he was able uh, to do, right? Complete bounce back game um, statistically um, compared to, you know, the game versus the cars, which the game versus the cars was also a good game for that. He was definitely locked in, but um, had some, it was really the red zone issues, right? Miscues, execution, um, drop passes, you know, the whole team morale was down. So, you know, if nobody's stats look good at that game, but um, definitely yesterday, I think Dak just played the most efficient, one of the most efficient games of his career. Uh, he had a, um, Pat, what is it? A completion percentage 
over 80, right? I think it was like 86%. I mean, that's incredible. That's incredibly efficient, incredibly efficient. Um, and then I also put here. So when I was going through and looking at the wide receiver stat, all of them had near perfect stat lines. When I say near perfect stat lines, I mean that they pretty much, if they were targeted, they got the ball. Uh, the only outlier, CD obviously was four or six, and Michael Gallup was five or six. But everybody else that was targeted outside of Shoemaker, he went zero or three. But all the rest of the receivers, running backs, caught every single pass that Dak threw. And I think that that obviously shows that Dak and his receivers are really locked in. When you're, when you're a receiver, but also them – that perfect stat line means that Dak was throwing on time. He was throwing on on target. The balls were on time, on target. Couldn't have even handed them it handed them the ball any better. And Mike was actually asked about in his press conference. They were like, Mike, you know, Dak has really limited the interceptions. You know, what has he done? And he he said exactly what I just said. I mean, he's like, he's been making incredible decisions. He's locked in, hasn't been rattled at all by the, the constant changes on the offensive line. And, yeah, him and the receivers are are, are are locked in. So, you know, that's what happens when you – also, uh, Dak, again, is just getting that ball out of his hands so fast. And I'm just so glad because this is the new – if y'all want to say what fixed – what has fixed Dak Prescott, right? It's – the timing, right? This West Coast offense, which has allowed the routes to be perfectly timed to his feet, Dak can see and get that ball out quickly, right? He's not constantly waiting for 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 routes to develop. He's having to hold the ball. Then his offensive line is breaking down. None of that stuff. So shout out to Dak Prescott because many will try to say, "Oh, he only had one touchdown," you know. But when you look at the efficiency, when you look at the uh, the advanced stats, I just showed y'all next gen stats. I mean, he 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 played a that is you your any your quarterback can't play any better than that. They really can't. So shout out to Dak Prescott because he definitely was a shining light um, on that offense. Was just in complete control of the game from start to finish. Um, and so love you dad love you for you know you're my my favorite player in the league of of all that fans and Franklin. so really i'm really always happy for dad when he when he can put on performances to show the league who he is then we have defensive player of the game or defensive unit of the game so i'm choosing to recognize two people uh two a unit and a player right so i said defensive line Okay, so I want to recognize the defensive line. Um, the defensive tackles, and we have a clip to show you, but I'm going to say this and then we'll show you the clip. But the defensive tackles in this game were really relentless in attacking their keys and allowing those linebackers to flow and make plays. I already showed y'all, you know, how uh, Mozzie, Jonathan Hankins was able to keep those linebackers clean and they were able to flow to their plays and, and, and I mean, flow, you know, read and react without having to sift through trash. Um, so I'm very, very, and that comes from the defensive tackles, guys. Your linebacker play is literally tied directly to your defensive tackle play. So great job, but I really want to point out Neville. Now I have not seen a game from Neville like this. And honestly, I want to say, I'm trying to think. I don't think I ever seen a game from Neville like this. Uh, Neville was, if you go back and watch the film, he was in the backfield all game. Um, and I think during the press conference, uh, it was pointed out, I believe, by um, by uh, during Dan Quinn's press conference, I think it was pointed out by Patrick um, no, C. Walker, I might be mistaken, but uh, Neville, I mean, wow. You really, really saw his – that's why we drafted him, because of his quick step, you know, the quickness. But he just hadn't, for these past few seasons, been able to put it together. But yesterday, I really saw Neville put it together. 
And I thought, wow, if we can get this. I've always said with Neville, his issue is consistency, right? He'll be good for a play, and then he's bad for three or four plays. And he's good. He was just in that backfield. All that was the most complete, consistent game I've ever seen from Neville Gallimore. Veep, uh, if you can play that clip that I had sent you of Neville. Um, I hope, yeah, I think I sent it to you. Should be there. Yeah, I sent it to you. Yeah, it's definitely from Patrick Nosey that had it. You have the clip beat? Okay, I'm gonna just keep rolling. I don't know if if he can hear me or not, but uh, let me let me see. Okay, let me just keep rolling. I don't know what's going on with the clip. But anyway, so also edges played phenomenal, disciplined. They were not sack chasing, but they uh, because of their discipline, they were allowing secondary to make plays right and really knocked mac jones off of his key all game i had said earlier in the in the show mac jones's uh passer rating when he was pressured was 20 percent. so they were really knocking <laughs> knocking mac jones timing completely off and because he was doing things like that then that like i said resulted in the secondary being able to make plays um i.e going to our defensive player of the game deron blank I say two interceptions, one was a pick six. What else is there to say? There's not much else to freaking say. Uh, just a phenomenal game from him. Dan Quinn spoke about him in the press conference as well, saying, you know, Al Harris, Dan Quinn talked about him and Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy said he remembered during the draft, he was asking Will McClay, like, why is he dropping like this? Because he actually did a 30 visit with us, and they were very high on Blanche. Um, so Deron Bland definitely, he, we got him in the fifth round, but I think they had him graded like a fourth or a third round pick, right? And so for him to, his ball skills, and then Dan Quinn talked about his ball skills. Like, it's just those instincts, you just really cannot coach that. It's either you got the hands or you don't. If you, that that pick six that he had, I mean, that's fun, that is wide receiver catching that he did. I mean, just very, <laughs> it just blew my mind just to see just a, the amount of focus, right, and control. Because many DBs, they drop that. They can't catch that. So shout out to Deron Bland for really being locked in. And Dan Quinn was talking about how Deron, he saw him make that play and he made it. He had the mental smarts to say, if he tries that again, I'm going to get him. And that's exactly what he did. He tried that again, and Deron Bland made sure he was in a perfect position. Uh, when I say try that again, that Mac Jones throwing the, throwing across the field, that is a big quarterback no-no. You do not do that. He got away with it once, and, and Deron Bland made sure to make him pay for it. So shout-out uh, to, to Deron Bland for that performance. Shout-out to the defensive line for that performance. Um, just phenomenal from those guys. Um 10 out of 10 performance from the defensive line and from Bland. Uh, okay, let's see here. Okay, this is my last slide, guys. And then we're going to be out of here. So, things we want to improve on versus San Fran, which is the biggest game of the year. Um, This is... Sunday night, prime time, all eyes will be on us. This is the biggest game of the year, guys. <laughs> this is the biggest game on our schedule. We are really going to test out what this team is. We are really going to see what this team is versus uh, San Fran. Somebody put out, this game is going to determine who's number one in the NFC. Is it San Fran or is it the Dallas Cowboys? Um, I 
I mean, I don't know how much I can emphasize enough about how big this game is. So things that we want to improve on, right? Red zone efficiency, that's been one. It's been one for the past two weeks. We still need to improve on it. Um, this week, the plays were there, right? But we still went one and four in the red zone. Uh, we thought that touchdown the CD was in the red zone, but it was just outside of the red zone. So, uh, we had too many free rushers on deck in the red zone. We're like right there inside the five, and someone just comes free and is, is, is blowing Dak's head off. He's under instant pressure. We cannot have that. I don't know if that's missed assignments or. Mike McCarthy just not scheming and making sure right protection or Dak not, not sliding the line. I don't know what it is, uh, but we have to fix that. Like Dak can make plays, but you can't have free rushers coming straight for his head. We can't have in the red zone. We cannot have that, right? Uh, we also have mixed assignments in the pass protection for sure. And then mental blunder, for instance, uh, the thing with Tony Pollard, Dak thought he was going to hand it off to the left. Tony Pollard thought he was doing it to the right, and then it was a busted play. We had to kick a field. So we cannot have that. Gotta be locked in. Gotta be locked in. Uh, the plays were there. We just, it was just missed miss things. We need the offense to put it all together in this red zone. At this point, I think the offense is just overthinking it. I think the players are overthinking it, <laughs> right? Uh, and then does this resulting in, in the in the breakdowns. Now, highlight Hunter Lipsky broke the curse just as I said he would. I put it out on TikTok this week and all my social medias that Hunter Lipsky was the key to the red zone. I was the first one to say it two to three weeks ago. I know there's bigger content creators than me that started saying it after our last week lost versus Arizona, but I was saying it way before then. Um, and Hunter Lipke actually broke the freaking curse, got his first touchdown of his NFL career. So hopefully Mike was able to see what he was able to do down there and continue to use him down there because I think he really is the key. The reason why Keller Moore has such a high success rate in the red zone was because of Ezekiel Elliott. We had a guy who could just punch it right on in at the one or the two or the three yard line. We had a guy punch it right on in. And I think Hunter Lipke is that guy. Hunter Lipke can even, he's got the quickness and the shiftiness to be to even score, score further out from, like he doesn't have to be at the one or the two to score, you know. Uh, so Hunter Lipke, hopefully we see more use of him in the red zone. I would also like to see, you know, some leak outs. And so I've said that leak outs, uh, quick passes to Hunter. Hunter can catch that ball out of the backfield. We saw it in the preseason versus the Raiders, and then you saw it all over his college film. So I really hope Mike starts to utilize him out of the backfield, you know? Just like the 49ers do. Uh, what's the 49ers uh, um, fullback? I can't think of his name, but hopefully we start to use Hunter a lot more in that red zone. Uh, also, I would like to see Mike dial up more plays for Deuce in this area. Deuce got nine carries, but he only got nine yards. Uh, it didn't seem like Mike was getting very creative. It seemed like we were just basically running the clock out, so he was just running him up the middle. I don't, I don't, I, I would assume that that was on purpose, um, because we were just basically just running the clock out, so we really weren't trying to get yards or anything like that. But I would really like to see Mike uh, dial up some actual packages for Deuce. He said that he had packages for him versus the Cardinals, but the game just didn't go that way. So uh, hopefully we can see some packages for Deuce. I think this is a great game to do it uh, because I think, especially with Rico going down with that hip bruise, I don't know if he'll be active or not. So I think we really should give Deuce a little bit more tick during this game. Uh I think coach shout out to coach Marv, uh, great content creator OG, who was saying that the, the one player that San Fran is scared of is the guy that he got hurt in last week's uh, last year's playoff game, and then literally the playoff game before that, he only got four carries. So we should really highlight Tony Pollard, but also I think we could highlight Deuce as, as well. 
we can really highlight those running backs as well in this game, especially because of the type of defense that the 49ers play. It's definitely going to be a lot of like underneath, take what the defense gives you, kind of similar to how we had to play the Patriots. So um, hopefully we get those guys involved, tight end to play. Going back and reviewing the film of Shoemaker, um, now he flat out just dropped that touchdown in the first quarter. So that's unacceptable. But the other, uh, he was only targeted three times, and he went 0 for 3. But the other two passes uh, were almost intercepted because the linebacker just kept quickly jumping into the lane. Um, so I don't really put that on shoe. He was in the right position. I mean, you can't help if a linebacker just jumps out of nowhere and just, like, bats the pass down or almost intercepted. So he, he didn't have that bad of a game. So honestly, I think, you know, we just need – Maybe we can draw up some crossers and stuff for him. Shu had a very high um, – he ran the crosser like almost more than any tight end in the league was when he was in college. So I would like to see Mike kind of dial up some of those plays for him as well, uh, just like he kind of dial, dialed it up for Ferguson so that we can see more of his athletic ability. And then safety, last but not least, guys, safety play. Um we, I don't know what's been going on with Dono and Curtis, and I do know Dono was second in tackles, but those two just have not looked right to me at all. Uh, they're just not really looking like themselves. Curtis is not really seeming like the tight end whisperer anymore. Always catching yards on them. Uh, plays very soft, not really physical. I don't know what's going on with them. But I would like to see our young guys get more tips. Wanye, he did play more in this game, so shout out to Dan Quinn, but he needs more snaps than what he got. I would like to see Wanye play more, and I would like to see Izzy. I'm tired of seeing Izzy in sweatpants. He doesn't need to be in sweatpants. He's too dynamic of a player. His quick hips, his speed, the the high IQ, I want to see these guys rotated in. Hopefully, Dan Quinn sees that. I know he loves Donald and Curse, but it seems to me, I spoke about it last week, are we getting to a favorites issue with Dan Quinn? That's what it seems like to me. That you're willing to keep Donald and Curse on the field at all costs, even though their play is not really up to par. I mean, I don't know how many games he's going to really give it, but I would really like to see more from our young Saints. Juan Gay and Izzy, I would like to see more of them versus Sanford. We're going to need to see them on the field more than Sam. Um, because Donald and Curse are just something that's not right with them. Um, Donald and Curse, if you're watching this, hopefully it pisses you off and y'all lock in. But I just haven't seen the Donald and Curse, the Dono and Curse that I'm used to seeing. So those are the things that I would like to see improved. Uh, uh, so that we can uh, dominate San Fran. If y'all catch into my shows, you know, for the rest of this week, I'm gonna be talking more about this and matchups and stuff like that. But we really, really, really gotta focus in this week, guys. We're happy about the win versus the Patriots, but now we're on in San Francisco, and we gotta lock in against this team. If there's any game that is a must-win on our schedule, it is this game. We must win this game at all costs. Um, this is the one team in the NFL that has shown us twice that we cannot beat them, and I think that we can beat this team. I firmly believe the only reason why we lost in the past was because of Kellen Moore. We got rid of Kellen Moore. So I don't, there should be no reason that we lose against them on Sunday. No reason at all. But anyway, guys, thank you so much for rocking with me here. Stargazer Sports for my 10th episode. I'm really grateful for you guys. Please follow me on my social medias. Please donate to my channel. Um, As you see in the banner below. Love you guys so much and uh, hope to see you again next week. Y'all have a good night.